0: are starting a new episode of down the rabbit hole episode 62 yeah
1: i'm not gonna say it
0: your age no No, No. we're we're not going there
1: okay (laughs) never never ask an
0: old man or a woman right Uh, and that and that (laughs) very interesting title today of uh, this podcast it is the man who mistook his wife for a hat
1: very unusual title, but strangely, if you actually yeah. Google that phrase, you actually, you, will. you get a result. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yes, yeah, so what we're talking about today is that this is a bit, we've been a bit misleading. Because although, yes. although it is called The Man Who Mistook His Wife hat right, we're kind of just using that as a teaser uh-huh. to get you involved. We're actually going to talk about food blenders <laughs> no, no, no
0: no 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 not food blenders Not food
1: blenders. we're going to talk about a related kind of a related subject yeah. which is uh one one of the things mainly is uh a neurological disorder, disorder. which i suspect people who have this particular neurological disorder mm-hmm. would actually probably more look at it as a gift actually yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's very interesting. It is very interesting, and I think
0: we're we talking about uh, synesthesia.
1: Synesthesia it has many forms, but yeah, I think we should start by getting out of the way where that mm-hmm. where did that title come? The title, yeah, that's interesting. Now, strangely, somebody bought me this book as a gift. That, uh-huh. that actual cover when it came out, yeah, in nineteen eighty five, and I'd only been married. Uh, four years at the time, so it was very relevant, or <laughs> <laughs> was becoming more relevant. Yeah. And anyway, the man who mistook his wife for a hat uh, is actually the title of a book, which is actually the man who mistook his wife for a hat and other clinical tales. And it's a book by a British neurologist who I think sadly is now passed away, uh-huh. called Oliver Sacks, and he described. In his book, his book is a series of, I think it's about ten uh-huh. very fascinating neurological disorders. And in fact, this man who indeed mistook his wife for a <laughs> uh he came from a case study of a of a patient who was being treated by Oliver Sacks, who has visual agnosia. Mm-hmm. Now, not a uh, not an easy. Uh, an obvious condition, but we've got a definition here of yes. visual agnosia, which will that word agnosia. I just keep thinking of ambrosia for some Ambrosia. Time. I just agnosia. Whatever. Anyway, so visual agnosia. So let's just get to down to basics. Yeah. So when you look at something, mm-hmm. two things go on apparently. Yeah. So apparently, first of all, th- there are two primary functions go on. Generally speaking, one is that the visual information from the retina are kind of put together by you, by your brain yeah. to form a representation of an object, object. right? Uh-huh. And then the meaning of the object is attached to that uh, perceptual representation and together that forms identification. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's kind of mixed, but I didn't realise it was kind of... I suppose it does make sense. It's too so You've got to get the image information yeah. in and then you are got to kind of look it up in the filing cabinet, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: So, what is that image? Yeah. Is this? Go oh. through the
1: old, you know, uh-huh. the drawers and find which uh-huh. one. So, so, yeah, so basically uh, if a person is unable to recognise objects because they cannot perceive correct forms of the objects, uh-huh. but they have knowledge that the object exists they have what's called apperceptive agnosia uh-huh and then if a person can correctly perceive the, the form. form and has knowledge of the object but cannot identify the object they have what's called associative agnosia
0: yes now this reminds me another experience actually oh, yeah, with oh. somebody i know oh yeah uh people that are born blind oh yeah it's hard for them to have an idea of objects. But once you were seeing... You mean the shape or the... The shape um, and everything. Hmm. But once uh, you, for example, if somebody that had a normal uh, sight hmm. and then you become blind... Right. Uh, you, you, you retain that, right? Even if you learn, for example, how to read in... Braille. Braille mm-hmm. You read the word and immediately your brain will present you with the image. Of the word. Of the word. <laughs> and it's exactly related to this. Right. Once your brain has an uh, a reference a reference of yeah. a shape, yeah. or it, it will yeah. stay there, and like you say, in your file cabinet, yeah, there it's all in there. Even if you hear the word, immediately you associate it with an image, yeah, with a, probably sometimes the most recent image of that object, mm. because let's say that you we are talking about a cabinet that is red, yeah, that image comes back to you because maybe it's the latest you remember or one that has significance for mm. an experience,
1: yeah, most. Yeah. Emphasis or whatever. Uh-huh. Interesting,
0: yeah. isn't it? It's pretty similar like this. I mean, yeah. your brain associates, yeah. but our eyes perceive the shape of it.
1: Of course. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that is the starting point. That's
0: the starting point of all this.
1: Yeah.
0: Now we go to the synesthesia.
1: Yeah. So, we've, 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 as we said, we were teasing you with the mono Misty whatever that because it's just a bizarre. Phrase. Yeah. Um, that is what it is. Um, you're probably no more enlightened than me or Rafa are at this point. Yeah. It, but that book, The Man Who We've Stuck His Wife Around, uh-huh. I can totally recommend it. It is a fascinating read. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's very readable. And you can get it on Amazon.
0: Yeah. Or Book Depository.
1: Oh, Book Depository. Which what? We, we would, have a link there. Yeah. We would prefer Book Depository. Yeah. I'm sure you can get it on there. Yeah. So... To the kind of main subject, and then we're going to tag on another little fascinating thing at the end. Uh, but synesthesia. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know we've discussed
0: this before, haven't we? A little bit, yeah. We touched on it kind of on the side one of, of it, other right? topics, yeah.
1: yeah. So, question then how many people, mm-hmm. uh, kind of experience, experience it synesthesia? Uh huh. Now, we've Quoted a source, and apparently it's a little bit difficult to figure out because it's difficult to know what questions.
0: Yeah, you know what? One, the problem is, I think, about perception of real and reality. Yeah.
1: Everybody thinks it's because moral, we right. have
0: our own perception of reality, which we think so is, yeah is the real thing. How yeah. can we say that we are wrong? Yeah, you know. Yeah, maybe for me, I'm talking to you, and maybe you actually have three eyes, but I just perceive two. Uh,
1: Well, I have one in the back of my head.
0: Okay, there you are.
1: Apparently, that's what people tell me.
0: And some people may have some in the feet, probably.
1: Almost (laughs) so. So,
0: I think this is the problem, isn't it? That
1: that our experience from birth is for us normal.
0: It's normal? As individuals. How could you say if it's not okay? And who
1: the the hell knows what's going on in somebody else's head? Exactly. I mean, you know, this kind of adage that. uh, never make the mistake of believing that other people think the same way as you <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that is true, isn't it? Yeah, right? it's true. We can never know what is going on in somebody else's mm-hmm. head. So, um, so how many people do we think, um, I'm saying do we think, because we've got the number in front of us. Yeah. Um, but there was a survey done. There have been a number of surveys, and they come up with various yeah. things, but the most... One of the most reliable ones has put it at around 4.4% of the population, which
0: is quite a lot, actually. Yeah, it's quite something, yeah. And And this is just reported people that were able to identify. Yeah, a symptom,
1: shall we say. Yeah. uh, Because, of course, they think it's normal. Mm -hmm. And um, interestingly, what it kind of means is that you almost certainly, if you are not... A beneficiary of synesthesia, you almost certainly know somebody who is, mm-hmm. um, but they may not know <laughs> they are. Right. True. So, synesthesia. What is it? Uh, how is what is what causes it? It is. Yeah. It is quite actually well known what is the cause, and basically, it's an unusually high number of connections between two areas of the brain in the sensory cortex. That normally are not connected. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's like bonding different senses. Yeah, the
1: bundling. There's yeah. connections, for example, between sound areas in the sensory and cortex. and visual and color and yeah, color and, and visual or, or smelling and yeah, or sound or sound and, sound color. and color, music and color. Yeah.
0: Um, or sight.
1: Yeah. So a synesthete. As uh-huh. they are known, which is quite a
0: nice, yeah. much, isn't it? Sounds like an Android, a it, synthetic it, Android. It, from it does sound a bit <laughs> like.
1: they they have experiences every day that uh-huh. to the rest of us seem extremely strange, right? Uh to us non synesthics. So I already feel reduced in my standing so I'm pretty sure I don't think I I don't know whether I have this or not. I think about it and I think well, I do think like that, but isn't I don't know. Um anyway, so the extra connections that these people have yeah. uh, might be between the part of the brain that processes colour and the part of the brain that processes language. Mm-hmm. Now, this is actually one of the most common uh, yeah. variants of synesthesia, which is called graphene colour uh-huh. synesthesia. And basically, people with this variant. They know, without doubt, uh-huh. that the colours, that each letter of the alphabet has a colour. Yeah. And not only does it have a colour, it doesn't change.
0: Is the same specific colour. For, for them. Yeah, because it's not like a general It's not red, for moving, example. Yeah, it's a very specific colour and it doesn't change. Doesn't change, it's the same, it's a constant. Yeah, so
1: for them, the colours are constant. Yeah. And for another synesthete who has... The same conditions. It's a different set of colors, but again, fixed.
0: That's interesting, no? Because maybe somebody can create kind of a, your own code. Uh, well, you would between colors and letters.
1: You would. I did have a look actually at images to do with yeah. uh, this letter synesthesia, and there have been attempts to do it, but there appears to be no mm-hmm. properly common.
0: Well, you know, what I mean is that you can get. A person is your key to the cipher oh, because yeah. all the time would appear the same colors of the letter.
1: Right. Interesting. Well, we'll come to it in a minute. There, yeah. There's another form of synesthesia where people actually see an emotional state or yeah, kind of perceive an emotional state when they see a particular word mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. letter is quite strange, yeah, we'll come to that in a minute, so basically, if you have uh, color synesthesia, uh whenever you think of a letter, yeah, it has a color mm-hmm. and it doesn't change, and it's specific to you mm-hmm. um, but they are very consistent and uh many uh synesthetes, yeah. yeah never it never occurs to them that this is unusual Uh from the reasoning
0: obviously that and uh, something that we were checking is that these experiences uh, can be triggered not only by seeing Mm. but by hearing Mm. some people can even have you know well a and immediately you think of red color i presume that it works like
1: that as well But, but of course if we just move on to slightly broaden it out slightly Uh as to how many forms of synesthesia. Yeah, exactly. So at the moment there have been identified over 50 different types of synesthesia. That's amazing, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But there are three that are dominant, uh, but there are many different ones. And, um, of the survey work that has been done to, or the studies that have been done to try and tease out what proportions, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, the most common reported by of people suffering from synesthesia, eighty-six uh, percent of people report um, the graphene. color, color types in synesthesia. Yeah. They these participants see a number or a letter and. Exp- See, experience a particular color in association. With
0: mm-hmm. The second one, I don't yeah. understand it very well. Maybe you can. Well,
1: there's a picture because somebody drew it. Here, yeah,
0: that's uh-huh. what they see. Right. <laughs> well, uh, let me uh, describe for our yeah. listeners. Yeah. Although we we will put links as always for all the sources. But the second one is time space. Yeah, time with sixty two percent, mm. but the group associates a unit of time. Mm with a particular space relative to their body
1: and this was a drawing done we have got to have a drawing done by a uh-huh. by a person with time space synesthesia and they perceive it when they think about time uh-huh. they what pops in front of them and around them is like they're in some kind of ring uh-huh. and, and the ring is split up into different periods like yeah. of
0: the year yeah, the example we have here of the guy, the person that described this, is the months of the year. Yeah, and they're all different colors. And every every month has a different color or a tonality. Yeah.
1: And it they can and they can actually see things that they're going to do in the future on the calendar.
0: Uh huh. That is amazing.
1: That is bizarre. Well, in one of the source documents, it actually says that people with this particular synesthesia are actually very good at recalling facts. Yeah, and they're very good at things like pub quizzes and things like uh-huh. that. You can
0: easily develop a system to I mean that is relate.
1: If, I mean, this is the kind of thing that technology is trying to create mm-hmm. at yeah. some point in the future, right? Yeah. And yet there are people actually have it as a natural condition.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting the colours that you get around.
1: Oh, well, I presume it's different for each person. For each again.
0: person. But for example, in this case, we have November, December and January. Dark. The colors. tonality of the colour is almost the same. I mean, yeah. it changes the, yeah. the tone of it, yeah. but it's between a brownish, uh, yeah. brown-red, let's say, in January. Yeah. And then you go to lighter colours. As you go into the summer again, I think. Yeah. It is. Imagine that, I can't. It's I, hard I, to imagine that. Yeah, right? it's hard to imagine it.
1: And yet, apparently, apparently, um, in one of the source documents, uh, when a person uh, thinks about time, they see this ring of some shape, right? Okay. Yeah, and then if they think about like December, it it moves.
0: <laughs> yeah, like the
1: like some like kind scrolling of, like sh- a sh- calendar. Right?
0: Yeah, you December here in yeah. front of me.
1: Like it moves, like Uh huh. I mean, that it is, is. that's totally cool,
0: isn't it? It's like playing with augmented reality.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I find that fascinating. Actually.
0: Yeah, it is in- indeed.
1: Um. And the the weird thing is about it, of course, is that people never, probably never, think to mention that this is what they're experiencing. Right? Yeah. They just probably think, you know, why can't this other person remember what they're going to be doing in blob? Yeah. Well, you know,
0: how difficult is that? How difficult is to have your mind in front of you? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are
1: they doing? So uh, again, people who report uh, suffering from synesthesia, it's about sixty-two percent. Report this Uh time space. Uh And then the third most common, I'd like to ask our friend Dan whether he
0: He has has this this or not. I heard about this one as well before. Yeah, I've heard this one before. And it's not so, which is Music Color Association.
1: We reported by 41%.
0: 41%.
1: And you can imagine what that is. It's obviously your notes. Notes are triggering colors. And and you get color flashes in your vision as
0: I, I understand it. That that is a very interesting one.
1: Well, again, it adds another dimension to, to creating to creativity and and the appreciation and absorption of of music. Uh-huh. I mean, I wonder what classical music is like. Or with
0: that, imagine somebody with this condition, not a musician but a painter, exactly. and you play a song, and he can represent that song in colors into a yeah. Paint that would be nice to know if yes, there's any case like that, for example. Yeah,
1: well, there was another there was another article I read about a it was a radio program in the UK, Mm -hmm. and they invited this lady artist Mm -hmm. who had synesthesia, and she could uh, represent voices in Mm -hmm. color in, in a painting, so. They brought her onto the show, and while the show was going, she painted the presenter's voice. Wow. And the I've included it somewhere. Uh-huh. and They're kind of abstract, as you can imagine. Yeah, of course. Uh, but... but it's unique to that person's voice. Quite
0: <laughs> fascinating. And it,
1: it does make you wonder, it certainly makes me wonder, whether artists, visual artists in particular, how many of those in not only... Today, but in the past, mm-hmm. actually had this condition, this kind of condition, and maybe put it down to divine gif- inspiration, divine gift, or yes. divine inspiration or divine intervention. Or it is, it does make. You,
0: and uh, interestingly enough, the majority of the people that have been in the surveys mm. can experience uh, more Multiple. than one type. Exactly,
1: yeah. because the 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 percentages obviously don't add up. Yeah <laughs> so clearly within the group of synesthesia reporters they're they're experiencing more than one type more than also. one type uh, maybe one is stronger than the other or something I don't mm-hmm. know so as we're telling you about this, maybe there are people listening going, holy, holy
0: shit. Are you- <laughs> sorry. I just... <laughs> what do we just talk holy about? Holy wacamole. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: I just discovered Emma... I th- yeah. Because I, I, read an artic- yeah. I read an article preparing for this about a woman. She was a professor of something or other, not related to, you know, neurological stuff. And she happened to uh-huh. sit in on a lecture... About this, mm-hmm. and only then in that lecture, and she was like a mature lady, did she realise she was a synesthesia person? Wow! Well, yeah. And she was like, you know, in her forties or something. Ne- <laughs> never occurred to her that it was abnormal. Yeah, but well, I don't think it is abnormal. I think I think it's, it's a gift. A, right? Yeah, I think it's something extra.
0: Right? Hmm.
1: I'd love to. I'd love to have time space.
0: That was sp- time space. That sounds time. very cool.
1: Just so. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, technology's gone nothing on that. Right? Nothing. They're trying. They're trying. <laughs> and the old noodles already done it. Uh-huh. And I read another. I read another piece for this uh, program, which was that most, the majority of people have actually some experience of it, in that uh, when you see. Um, a sound. Often, you actually do associate. If you're asked, you will associate it with a colour. Mm-hmm. So, if I said to you, um, if I played to you some doomy chords and said, "You know, what colour do you think that is?" You'd probably pick a dark colour. Dark colour, mm-hmm. and and it's like a, it's like as normal people's version of synesthesia. It's it's a bit the the normal table version. (laughs) It's norms, right? So, so, uh, a very very interesting uh, subject. And we had uh, another subject that we thought we'd just touch on.
0: Yeah, because it's maybe a little bit related or looks a little alike or has a.
1: Kind of falls into that general category of being fascinating, yeah, but it's usually you get this as a result of some kind of brain damage rather than something you're born with, yeah, right? and it's quite a fascinating thing I've come across it before it's called blind sight mm-hmm. so uh, this particular one came from a patient uh, who was uh, studied by the Harvard Medical School. Uh, research department, and an article was published in a magazine, Current Biology, and it was a patient who is not named, but he was left damaged. His visual Uh cortex was left damaged uh, in both hemispheres of his brain after uh, a series of strokes. Now, the amazing thing about, or the fascinating thing about this person was that his brain could not process visual information he was blind he was totally blind totally yeah. totally blind and yet if he was put in a corridor with obstacles in it and told to walk down the corridor he was could be videoed just yeah. walking around the objects he had no stick nothing mm-hmm. he's completely blind and yet he didn't bump into anything And and another thing that was noticed was that if he was looking at somebody, inverted commas, or talking to somebody, and the person smiled, he would smile, and yet he was blind. Uh Uh-huh. Now that's odd, right? And this is actually called blindsight, and it's basically where a person's brain can't consciously process visual information Mm -hmm. but at another conscious level below conscious it is actually processing information.
0: Yeah. Which is Mm -hmm.
1: quite bizarre really isn't it? Yeah it is. That is really odd. Mm -hmm. Which makes you think they could do something with that wouldn't you think? (laughs) Yeah. You would have thought. I don't know what.
0: I know, but it's interesting. It is very interesting.
1: So, have uh, books. We got, uh, got a book and a film, right?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, we have oh. like three books. Ooh. Uh, mostly uh, are not science fiction books. Right. Uh, mostly it's about learning more about this. Yeah. And the first one is The Hidden Sense: oh. Synesthesia in Art and Science. Oh, very good. So,. The book explores, actually, uh, the accounts of uh, synesthetes, mm-hmm. all the, the experiences they have, uh, mentions the latest scientific research, uh, and suggestions of synesthesia in visual art, music, and literature. Yeah. Which is what we were talking yeah. earlier about. I'm sure it must we be. We are it. sure that there must be, you know. And they ask the question in the book, what does it mean to hear music in colors, yeah. to taste voices, voices right? that but tasting it yeah you that know, is one of the uh, wow imagine, imagine that somebody talks to you and mm, honey uh, honey or <laughs> pork meat <laughs> B- barbecue barbecue <laughs> or to see as we said before each letter of the alphabet in a different colour
1: yeah. I think it's got to aid creativity don't you think? I
0: think so definitely I would have thought so then yeah, yeah. something else no, no. second book
1: that sounds very interesting. Yeah.
0: is it? the top book about now mm. synesthesia from uh, Oxford, the Oxford Handbook of Synesthesia. Mm. synesthesia. And again, describe conditions. Uh, and it talks about the merging of the yeah. senses. Yeah. This is the yeah. main quote of it.
1: This crossover. It's between... crossing
0: over, yeah, exactly. Those senses, uh, how people experience it, everyday like activities, how they are, uh et cetera, et cetera, yeah, yeah, it's like the book to go for learning more references yeah, about it
1: more a bit more in depth, yeah, and I notice it includes shapes shapes, in yeah, How the hell that works
0: well, the relationship between shapes and and colors, some of the tastes, tastes sounds I can imagine I, don't know. That. I imagine, think
1: that the imagine feeling something and getting a taste that yeah. would be cool yeah. <laughs> or not we. We want this, don't
0: we? Yeah.
1: <laughs> this. This doesn't seem like a disorder
0: to us at all. Uh-huh. Right? So yeah, we got this third one, right? Yeah, and the third one is also an interesting story from a guy. Is the frog croaked uh, blue? Ah. Synesthesia and the mixing of the senses. Ah. So it's about from a guy called Edgar Cortis. And as little Edgar was on the porch, he remarked to his mother how the noise of his rifle of the rifle range was black. The chirp of the cricket was red. And the croak of the frog was bluish. So, like many other people that have been synesthesia, Edgar uh, had a fascinating condition in which music can also have colours, words can have taste, and time and numbers float through space. So Mm. he was having all the conditions in one. I
1: mean, that last paragraph is quite fascinating.
0: Yes. Imagine numbers and letters floating through space. Yeah. Arranging and
1: yeah, but the, the one about how many people we likely know, uh huh. Uh huh. With it says here that everyone will be closely acquainted with at least six or seven, seven people, people who have synesthesia but may not yet know it.
0: Yes, because until recently this was yeah. hidden,
1: it's a very, yeah, you know, unresearched thing. Mm-hmm. So, movie. That, yeah. Have you seen this movie? Yes, I have seen that one. It
0: is a good movie. It's it? a good one, yes.
1: And it's a pretty old movie. Uh, yeah, eighties movie, nearly forty years old now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> old. Oh my god, I fell <laughs> old. How old were you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you weren't old enough to see this movie, unless you saw it later in life.
0: Ah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, what? Well, how old are you when this came out? Three?
0: No, I was six. Oh, I saw it later than six, but, <laughs> but I, I have seen it. I think I saw it when I was like uh, fourteen, right? Because I think it was that. a
1: restricted eighteen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, the but movie- you know, I
0: had some interesting cousins that
1: <laughs> <laughs> would, would yeah get you in places. Would get me in place always. Yes. Um. So this movie, Altered States. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a sci-fi horror uh directed by Ken Russell from 1980 and let me just give you the gist it is a powerful movie actually uh-huh, uh-huh. the things that the theme that they explore is is really quite powerful i think i only actually re saw it about 2 years ago and i was uh-huh. kind of blown away by it but anyway here's the here's the storyline a scientist Obsessed with discovering mankind's true role in the universe. Yeah. Or rather, he is obsessed with that. And to this end, he submits himself to a series of mind expanding experiments. That's right, people. Drugs are involved, <laughs> right? And basically he uh took hallucinogenic drugs whilst in a sensory deprivation chamber. You know, the yeah. where you float in the salty uh-huh. water. I've never tried one of those, have you ever tried? No.
0: No, but I, I have, I remember now, uh, how I came up to watch also this movie actually, okay. uh, because of the, the Carlos Castaneda books, which, one? uh, this guy, you know, from, uh, California area mm-hmm. with some Mexican roots, he goes to the Mexican side of the border with the U.S. to, explore about shamans uh, and,
1: uh, and, and peyote all this, and uh, this
0: kind of stuff and how expanding and censoring uh, and expanding all uh, and becomes into uh, brujo and witchcraft and things like that so
1: that's what led you to be uh, yeah because it's a pretty similar very, very similar
0: yeah so anyway expanding your mind let's he's say.
1: forever putting himself in this deprivation chamber taking these who's drugs yeah. Sounds like a perfect weekend to me. <laughs> but, yeah. And basically hopes to explore different levels of human consciousness, but instead he devolves into an ape-like monster. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie actually. Yeah. Considering it's 40 years old.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: The the it's
0: the storyline story is good. It's developed nice,
1: and the tension is really good. Right? Mm-hmm. It builds up really well yeah. in the movie. Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. So I'm hoping there are some synesthetes out there who might.
0: And if you are one, share their experience. Please share your experience. That would be so yeah. interesting to know. We'd love to hear that. Yeah.
1: Because we're jealous.
0: Yeah, right? and hopefully you never took your wife for a hat.
1: I yeah. Let's hope not. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, we want this condition, don't we?
0: I would like to experiment it. Yeah,
1: experiment. Mm-hmm.
0: What what can you actually do and start to <gasps> ooh, uh, new think, toy? Like I think
1: know. once you've tried it, you don't want to go back to normal, right? Probably. I think normal would be boring after this.
0: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, let's move on to and finally. Oh, the and Finally.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, and finally, right? Yes. This is a warning from the future. Ooh.
0: Yes. I think. I'll be back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, we're kind of squashing two things together. Yes, two Google uh, news. Because they both come from Google. Mm-hmm. And one of them is to do with their um, AI project called AlphaGo. Uh-huh. A lot of you probably know that AlphaGo quite recently beat the world's number one, number two Go players. Yes. And I don't know whether you anybody's played Go, some of you. I'm sure
0: uh-huh. I know the game, but I never really played it. It has
1: apparently more moves in it than there are atoms in the universe. <laughs> or a lot, as we call it. Yeah. It and it's way more complex than chess. Mm-hmm. So
0: A lot of strategy involved well, in it also. Well,
1: apparently in chess at any one moment, you have something like a choice of 20 moves. In Go, you have 200. It's a lot. So it's a lot more, right?
0: Yeah, you really need to be aware of all... Ab- well, yeah, I
1: don't know. Well, that's how you can be beaten by a machine, isn't it? Yeah, because it can and you can't. Exactly, because I think it's been shown that a human can't hold more than what is it five different things in his
0: head at the uh, same time.
1: And if you hold six, your trousers fall down or something. <laughs> just, you just you just cannot do it, right? Yeah, we're just we're just pretty. Crude, right? Anyway, so we all are probably aware that Alpha beat these GO players. Well Lisa Uh Google have now got this new version, son of Alpha Go, called Alpha Girl Zero. Zero. Why they couldn't have just called it Alpha Girl Junior, I don't know. But <coughs> yeah. it's called Alpha Girl Zero and basically um, Alpha Go was uh, kind of taught to play Go uh-huh. by giving it thousands and thousands and thousands of examples of Go games, yeah. how they were played, blah, 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 blah. But, um, so it was kind of a neural networking type learning yeah. thing, right?
0: Well Disney version.
1: But AlphaGo Zero is different.
0: Because he was only instructed with it how was, to play. That's just, the rules and that's it.
1: He was just given the box, yeah, the leaflet,
0: Something like that. On yeah. the
1: board, right? And uh, and said, so get on with it. Yeah. Don't come back till you know how to play it.
0: And uh, the turnout is three days. Three days. <laughs> After three days, he learned what everybody. took millennia for humans right. to develop and still win every single game.
1: In three games, it can beat everybody. In three days. Well, apparently, it can He beat, auto-learned. It beat AlphaGo. Yes. AlphaGo Zero beat. beat AlphaGo. Alpha Go. Go. <laughs> Four times out of four. Yeah. Right? So um, what is interesting, obviously, is the uh, speed at which it is learned. It learns, yeah. Now, of course, as we were discussing earlier, I don't think AlphaGo Zero is going to help you figure out your tax return. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, So let's not panic. Yeah. But I think it is an indicator of the scope of what is coming.
0: Yeah, I think uh, this could be really useful in the sense of creating uh, <laughs> of creating problem solving uh, yeah. specific uh, yeah. machines. Let's say with this AI, specifically, just to solve certain yeah, problems.
1: Very narrowly defined stuff. So I think, yeah. in fact, they were talking about this could mean that you could have. An AI research assistant, exactly that was specialised in a one area.
0: You put your set of rules, you mm-hmm. made your instructions, feed it, with and he will learn whatever. and yeah. try to solve it.
1: Yeah, it's got the internet, right? Yeah. And we all know everything on the internet is true. So, <laughs> I mean, what could possibly go wrong?
0: Of course, uh,
1: yeah. I mean you got Wikipedia there—that source <laughs> of all things. Yeah, all things verified. <laughs>
0: Uh, 100%, yeah, 100%
1: right. rock solid, right? So, yeah, so you've got the combination of the internet, that bedrock of truth, and yeah. uh, out-of-control learning algorithms. Mm-hmm. I think the future is looking interesting.
0: Yeah, it is, actually.
1: It is looking in, We're only joking, people. <laughs> or are we?
0: Or are we, yeah. We may not be. And the sec- because the second news is the second related. News is it's even, even more <laughs> even <more's- laughs> ready for Halloween. Yeah. It's about the AutoML project of Google. Yeah. Which has learned to replicate itself and create other AIs.
1: And I've got a feeling this is more (laughs) than just doing a disk copy, right? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's doing something a little cleverer than just copying a file over. Yeah. It appears as if their AutoML um, allegedly... Yeah, uh, because this has come from a, a section of the UK media that is not entirely, uh, you know. Yeah. But apparently it has outdone human engineers by building uh, machine learning software that is more efficient and powerful than an equivalent human design. Human design. Uh, so, again, this is an example of what, like, Digital evolution, right? Mm-hmm. So the previous thing, the AlphaGo thing, was the speed of digital yeah. development, development in terms of learning. Uh-huh. This is potentially to do with imp- iterating a design, like di- digital evolution.
0: Right? Digital evolution, yeah. Definitely. And
1: again, this is um, this is an example, of course.
0: Yeah. It has to appear. Uh, where,
1: why wouldn't you have that image? Right? Yeah. Just to put your readers at ease. <laughs> the, the Terminator. <laughs> right. Looking at you, going, you're uh, next. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> interesting, I think, in terms of, again, giving us a glimpse of mm-hmm. where we're going in terms of we've done podcasts, I think, about the potential impact of narrow AI and the holy grail, which is general artificial intelligence or or a replacement for us, as it's more commonly called. Um, But obviously we're going to see a lot of narrow AI, specialised AI, Uh and if that specialised AI can improve itself, then... This is the AI equivalent of constant professional development, right? hmm True. Except they don't take breaks or have holidays. Yeah. At least not yet. <laughs> not yet. I must stop saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but not yet.
0: But not yet. <laughs> anyway. Maybe later. We'll see.
1: <laughs> maybe, that was the unfinally. Maybe, maybe after the program. Yeah. So that was the unfinally. So yeah. um, very interesting. That's-
0: and we reached the end of the show thank you for listening to today's episode it mm. was really interesting really fascinating I don't think either of us had
1: a uh, revelatory moment did we
0: we didn't go oh my, oh my god, god I'm seeing colours no. that's
1: what I do right? no not
0: at all I, I was trying to I was watching the keys nothing, no, nothing. think of a tune nothing nothing no,
1: this is disappointing yeah yeah. again it's just been confirmed that I'm ordinary <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are just ordinary people We're just we're in just, an ordinary world we're
1: just a couple of straight yeah. jones and we're just trying to make our way
0: <laughs> yes thank you for listening and remember to give us a like, recommend us, give us your feedback, write to us, an email voicemail, whatever you want cool, yeah, thank you Carl, see you next week yeah, see you soon. my name is Rafael Ruiz and we talk to you next week down the rabbit hole names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved. Dark Mind Radio, 2017.